0: pray with me. Come, Jesus, come, we pray this morning and meet us, encourage us, empower us to live out the life that you have called us to as people of heaven here on earth. And so we commend ourselves to your instruction in word and sacrament. In the name of our God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning. morning. You all are the ones who made it. You're still awake. Uh, This is great. We're not comatose from all that turkey we've had this past week, or maybe you're a ham family, or maybe you're both, but uh, it's good to see you all here this morning. Uh, This is the first Sunday of Advent, first Sunday of the Christian year, so Happy New Year's as well. This is wonderful. Turn with me, if you would, to our uh, Old Testament lesson from Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 2. This prophetic vision that Isaiah presents here of a future time of cosmic, right, that's what is being captured by the idea of God's mountain abode, the mountain of Jerusalem, the Mount Zion being elevated above all other mountains. So this is a future time of cosmic and cultural transformation. The beating of, plow, of, not the beating of plowshares and the swords, that would be a nice Freudian slip. But the beating of swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. So this prophetic uh, vision that Isaiah gives... Is, of a, is like a long-desired, cool drink of water on a hot day. Because surrounding it in Isaiah chapter 1 and the rest of chapter 2 and 3 and even into 4 is a lot of condemnation. All around the future vision of God's heavenly kingdom established on earth in human culture, Isaiah confronts the stubborn and rebellious Israelites who worship at the high places in the groves of their own self-adoration and self-aggrandizement. They are full of pride, and their cities are full of injustices. Just listen to Isaiah 1:21 21 21-23. How the faithful city has become a whore, she who was full of justice. Righteousness lodged in her, but now murderers. Your silver has become dross, Your best wine mixed with water. Your princes are rebels and companions of thieves. Everyone loves a bribe and runs after gifts. They do not bring justice to the fatherless, and the widow's cause does not come to them. Or maybe Isaiah 2 11 through 12 and verse 17. The haughty looks of a man shall be brought low, the lofty pride of men shall be humbled, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day, for the Lord of hosts has a day. Against all that is proud and lofty, against all that is lifted up, and it shall be brought low, verse 17, and the haughtiness of man shall be humbled, and the lofty pride of men shall be brought low, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. And if you were to read the full context here of Isaiah 1 through 4, it's heavy. Israel has departed from the ways of God that he revealed to them through Moses on Mount Zion. They have followed after their own devices, sought their own good over God's and over their neighbors. They have exploited the poor, the widows, the fatherless. This is a society ruined, in large part because of their idolatry. They sought other high places. They sought to worship on other mountains. Remember, mountains are the abodes of God in the ancient world. They're the thin places that overlap heaven and earth. And so you want the tallest mountain to be where you put your temple to your God, because that's the nearest to the to the realm of the gods. But lowly Jerusalem, Mount Zion's not even the highest mountain. The Mount of Olives is higher. Lowly Jerusalem. And so, naturally, in one sense, the people are led astray to follow after idolatry and the ways of the people, of the land in which they're in. And so God is bringing condemnation to Isaiah, but he gives us this hope here in Isaiah 2, 1 through 5. So in the midst of God's scathing condemnation of human pride, idolatry, violence, and injustice, God gives Isaiah a vision of future restoration and peace that provides a pathway to provides a pathway to a better country to a fuller and more fulfilling way of life one characterized by life and flourishing and not war and death you see god knows that that his condemnation though just though right is overwhelming And can become overwhelming. And he knows that fear and terror can only serve a limited role in turning our hearts back to him. So God provides through Isaiah this vision of universal redemption. Universal restoration in the midst of condemnation. To turn Israel's hearts to him so they may live according to his ways. And walk in his light and in so doing draw the nations. We heard that, that image of God's presence on His mountain as this magnetic force that the nations flow to. That flowing is the image of a river flowing uphill to the presence of God. The kind of magnetism and draw that God's presence in the midst of his people materialized and embodied in the way of life that he's called them to. Their obedient execution of it would draw the nations to Mount Zion and to God so they might also benefit from all the blessings of his covenant with humanity and relish in his light and way of life. And I believe this vision can serve much the same purpose today. First, to turn us from the eternally meager pursuit of our own pride, ambition, and self-aggrandizement, in which we never truly find lasting fulfillment and peace, and from the soul-crushing diversion of aimless entertainment through which we are never able to escape the difficulties of this life that drive us to despair and depression and anxiety. And second, to turn us from those things, and second, to turn us to that which is eternally valuable and worthy of our lives, every aspect of them, part of them, worthy of our lives themselves, our very life, and that is to God himself. The vision that Isaiah provides for us is that God is at the center of the world, this magnetic force, this gravitational force drawing folks to him. So our lives have to be turned away from these fruitless pursuits, and turn to the one eternal thing that is of value and worth to God himself. And from God, notice the movement in the passage, to God the nations come. But then from God issues a way of life, instruction, Torah, just judgments. And from God we learn a new and total way of life. We learn from him a culture that produces shalom, well-being, peace, peace in our lives and relationships, in our vocations and callings in our homes and neighborhoods. We need to receive Isaiah's vision as that cool drink in the midst of the desert of our broken world and our broken lives. So look with me there at Isaiah chapter 2 beginning in verse 2. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above or over the hills. All other mountains are relegated to the position of hills in this vision. This vision is eschatological. That simply means it speaks of a future time from the vantage point of Isaiah when God will be totally triumphant over his enemies, over all other gods, and introduce a new age marked by redemption, reconciliation, and restoration, what the New Testament calls the new creation. What was a future vision for Isaiah, though, has come to pass in part in Jesus. This is no longer just future, but a present reality because through Jesus, his death, resurrection, and ascension, God has triumphed over all his enemies. Paul speaks of this triumph in Colossians chapter 2 when he says, God disarmed, right? He spoiled. He, he he took the spoils of war. God disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Him, in Jesus. And in his letter to the Ephesians, he teaches us that through his great power, God raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. He has put all things under his feet. Jesus reigns, y'all. I'm not one into bumper stickers, but uh, I wouldn't buy it, but you might. That would be a good bumper sticker, I feel like. God's triumph in and through Jesus is not some far off and distant reality, as it may have seemed to those folks hearing Isaiah's vision for the first time. No, for us it is present and available to us through God's Spirit who indwells us. you read the church fathers, they're back and forth. Who's the mountain of God? Is it Jesus or the church? It's both. Are we not the body of Christ in whom the spirit of God dwells? Does not Paul call us the temple of the living God? The victory of Jesus is available to you right now. Not in some distant future. It is yours, it is ours together, and we can join our voices with Paul saying, Death is swallowed up in victory, the great enemy of God and of humanity. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord King Jesus you have access to the cosmic victory that God won through his son, Jesus Christ. You have power. The same power that raises the dead is available to you to transform your marriage, your broken family relationships, to transform your pursuits, to curb your pride, that power is available to you. There's still, though, a future element to this victory. And this is what Advent reminds us of every year. Because one day, King Jesus will bodily return to establish fully his eternal and heavenly kingdom here on earth. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that? Yes. Because it ought to transform the way we live our lives, what we think and believe. And it might draw us into asking this question or two questions. How do we respond to this victory of God that is already accomplished and that will be fully consummated when Jesus comes? How do we live in anticipation of the return of the king? Well, look then with me at verses 3 through 5. Isaiah's vision continues. Come, he's speaking to the nations. Let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, his wisdom, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law. That is simply just the Torah, instruction, a way of life, not a legal understanding of that. It's a way of life, a a total way of life in this world. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Verse 4 He shall judge between nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples. That's his wisdom in action. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more, because they can trust the just judgments of God. They do not have to go about and, to get what is their own or what they believe is theirs by right through force or violence anymore because they have a just judge ruling over them. And then verse 5, O house of Jacob, now the vision has been ended and now Isaiah in one sense calls Israel to action. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the war of the Lord. Let us walk in the Lord's instruction, his revelation that he's given to us. You see, God makes known to Isaiah in this vision that when his triumph is revealed and his dwelling place on earth is established, the nations will come to his presence. We see this in the end of Revelation to his dwelling place in order to learn how to live within his kingdom, within his creation. They will come to know, learn, and live out at that time the culture of God's kingdom, a total way of life, Torah. And these nations, when they submit to God and live according to His way of life, they will discover that His just and wise judgments lead to true and lasting peace and life and not to war and death. Isaiah's prophetic vision here in one sense, is the ultimate Amazon review. Maybe, let's say, for a piece of furniture. And you can maybe hear Isaiah leaving this review. This is corny, I know. But maybe this will connect with you in some way. This is Isaiah's review, in essence. Look, God is the best furniture maker. He is the only furniture maker, as far as I am concerned. He is far and above all others. So come, Buy his furniture. Think of Isaiah 55. Come, buy water. Those who are thirsty, buy food without price. So come, buy his furniture for yourself, and you will discover that not only is his furniture of the best quality, but his instructions for assembly are clear and good, and they lead to peace. You will not take seven hours to assemble his furniture as you do Ikea's. And you will not grow angry, irritable, And argumentative as a result. Some of you need to listen to this in a few few weeks. You will enjoy your furniture in peace with friends and family in no time at all. Isaiah. God is the creator. He is the maker of heaven and earth. That is what is wrapped up in the image of establishing a mountain dwelling place. You see, the Garden of Eden is presented in Genesis 2 as a mountain abode of God, an orchard mountain, at the center of which is this spring that flows into four rivers that descend and water the four corners of the earth. It is the center of the world. And at the end of Scripture, in Revelation chapter 25, what do we see? A new Jerusalem, an elevated Mount Zion, on which God rules from his throne, and alongside of him is his Lamb. And from that throne flows what? A river that waters the world. And what's on either side, on both sides of that river? A tree of life. A tree of life. We're back to not just a renewed Eden, but a much better Eden. God is the creator of heaven and earth. He is the maker of humanity. So the call for humanity is to come to your maker and learn how to live fully human lives in relationship to God, to one another, and to his creation. He has the instruction manual that is clear and good, and it leads to peace. That's his Torah, his way of life, that, by the way, is revealed to us in flesh in Jesus. That's why Jesus fulfills the law. And when humanity submits to its creator and lives according to the way of life he designed for us to live, then our cultural products will no longer be employed to destroy and kill like swords and spears, but they will be transformed to cultivate, Mm -hmm. to nurture life throughout creation like plows and pruning hooks. That's Isaiah's future vision in verses 2 through 4, but he follows the vision with an exhortation to Israel. We heard it there in verse 5. Come. He invites them as well. Come. Let us walk in the light of the Lord, not to the Lord like the nations, but no you have all you are already. You are already experiencing the presence of God here. You do not need to walk to the light. You need to live in that light. Walk in that light. Isaiah's exhortation implies that Israel already possesses and benefits from the presence of God. His instructions for how to live and his just judgments. Therefore they are called to live out the life, the culture of God's kingdom now in Isaiah's day as an advanced sign or living testimony to what one day will be true for the whole world. They should live in light of the worldwide triumph of God that is yet to come. And this returns us to the questions we asked just a moment ago but have not answered. How do we respond to the victory of God and King Jesus? And how do we live in anticipation of the return of the King? With wailing and gnashing of teeth. Well, like Israel, we are to walk in the light of the Lord. Doesn't John call us to that in First John? Walk in the light of the Lord as he is in the light. No longer walk in darkness. He calls us to walk in the light of the Lord. We create, embody, and live out here and now a distinctive culture that is the total way of life that marks the kingdom of God, the new creation of God that is coming, that we have access to now through the power of God, the victorious power of God wrought in Jesus Christ. It is defined by that victory, by the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. Our culture as Christians is to be defined We're not just to supplement the culture around us with Christianity. God calls us to create, build, and live out a distinctively Christian culture like he has called his people to in every age. Remember that Jesus' victory is available to us now and that through the Spirit of God we can draw down on the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead and seated him above all others so we can so we've been enabled instructed and empowered to to live out this culture of God's coming kingdom as ourselves advance signs You know, a sign when you pass it on the interstate. You probably, maybe some of you have just traveled. The family had family come to you. If they drove, they passed those billboards. Those signs let us know of something that's coming. Our lives, as individuals and collectively as Christians, as a church, is to be an advanced sign, a living testimony of the kingdom of God. We are to live out now that reality. We are, in one sense, and I know this is too corny, we are living Amazon reviews of God's future kingdom. And so, like Israel, we must come and draw near each Sunday to the presence of God among his gathered people to be instructed and nourished by word and sacrament because that's where we receive the light of Christ, in word and sacrament. And be renewed and restored by his spirit so that we can then walk. In the light of Christ, in this world, out of this place and into our homes and neighborhoods, our schools and workplaces, our grocery stores and breweries to live out the distinctive culture of heaven here and become the leaven of God that leavens the whole lump. You see, the gospel must ring true. The gospel must ring true in our lives, in every square inch of our lives. Nothing can be withheld. All must be submitted to King Jesus. And when we live in such a way, when we live in such a way, fully submitted in all of life to King Jesus, then our lives will possess a magnetism. Not because of our own power, but because of the God present in and among us that draws others to come in submission to King Jesus as well and to live in his victory, in the light of his death, resurrection, and ascension. And in this way, we await the return of our king by becoming a colony of heaven, an advanced unit of heaven, building, embodying, and living out that distinctive culture of God's kingdom now, fully submitted in everything, to King Jesus. May God's spirit at work in us give us the power and help us through the wisdom of God to be that kingdom, that colony of heaven now. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.